Happy moment. And thank you for joining us on another tale and tune with TJ. Sometimes life can be frustrating. Life can escape you. Things can get out of hand very fast. Time escapes you. Your plans, they drift and fall through your fingers like sand. And then you find yourself standing there trying to figure how did things get so far so fast? And how did you get so lost and so off of the path where you initially were on the progress that you've made up to this point seems and feels like it's dissipated. Like after the rain, all of the clouds seem to just kind of disperse in part ways. And yes, thank thank God the the darkness that was there, the overshadow and the cloud that was overbearing and the darkness which did envelop the sky has lightened up and backed up a little but then you look at where you are and you wonder how did I get on this road in the first place how did I get so far from where I was trying to go initially I'm going to speak candid for a moment. If I can't ever offer advice, if my elder's license is no longer valid, if for some reason my children disown me, one thing I will always be is a child of God. If I lose every job, that I've ever had and many I have to testify and I don't testify often of personal matters because sometimes my testimonies don't seem so much like the things you should testify or that you would want to testify or tell someone but I would say that there's probably three jobs that I've lost and I'm not proud at all about how that situation came to be yes I'm grateful to God that somewhere along the way I got a better job or I got a different job I looked at finances differently but still one thing I've always hated one thing and I do mean to use that word one thing I've always dreaded through my life and maybe I'm the only one is always having that cloud, some cloud hanging over head. It's that feeling that you, so for an example, you're sitting and you're eating your food. You finally got a chance to get lunch or breakfast and you're actually sitting and eating it. And I'm not talking about this new generation of sitting down and eating. Yes, I'm sometimes I'm guilty 
of sitting and eating and staring at a cell phone or a tablet or a computer or even a TV screen. Again, yes, sometimes I'm guilty. But I mean in the older days when you sit down and you're actually eating your food because your eyes are consuming it, your nose is consuming it, your ears consuming. This is how you consume your food. And while you're sitting there, you're just thinking or, or, or maybe you're talking to someone else across the table and somewhere along the line, a thought comes up or a memory comes up that there's an appointment tomorrow or a thought comes up that, man, I, that person that I spoke to wrong yesterday at the job tomorrow, I've, I've got to make make that up. Or, there, man, there's an appointment coming up in a couple of days. And that means the day before I've got to prepare this way and that way. And I've got to get enough sleep and I've got to be in this place at that certain time. That is what I'm talking about as being some kind of a cloud. It's just overhead. It's overhead until you get to that time to satisfy it. It's just overhead until the task is accomplished. It's like a weight and it seems to follow no matter where you're going. And I know many people, whoever will hear this, will say, well, come on, Terry, that's part of being an adult. Or come on, Terry, you're taking things too hard or you're th- taking things too little. Or you're thinking too much of things. Think about your life one moment. And I know I am pretty sure many, if not all of us can see this in the very same perspective. Knowing that there's something coming up that you have to take care of and it it just seems like it's looming overhead until you accomplish it. It seems like it's just there and it's hanging out. It's something you know you have to encounter. Now, how many of us have had that feeling? Maybe not always at vacation, because sometimes at vacation, you're always thinking, well, not always, but somewhere along the line, you're thinking, man, through all of this vacation in two days... I've got to head back to that place I used to live. I got to head back to that job. Whether you like it or don't like it, you know you've got to head back to it. Some people on vacation and go so far in debt, you know you got to go back to work to make up this extra money that you're spending. Some people know you got to go back to that neighbor or that neighborhood where you can't walk because there's stray dogs or these days because you got folk with guns and, and bad attitudes hanging around. So this cloud, it looms, it lingers. And when life lulls and you've got a moment to think, you, you, got, you think you've got a moment of clarity, that cloud is still, it's, it's still overhead. Yeah, there's still sunlight. Thank God there's still sunlight. But you can't see the sun for the cloud. It's like, yeah, you're working through the week. And how many of us have been in that situation where you're working through the week and you're going through life situations? I've been in that situation when I first got a job and my mom taught us how to budget. She sat us down and this is around the time of Central Bank and one of the cities we were growing up in and 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 she would sit my mom would sit us down me and Kenny and and show us how to balance a checkbook she would show us how to have a couple of different envelopes and as you get your check 
you go to your bank and you get so much of it out in cash and you put some of it into these different envelopes. This one is for tithes and offerings for church. This one is for bills and any responsibilities that you have. This one you set aside for yourself. And this amount you're saved. Different percentages of your check. So I would work that job. And yes, I would begin to put money into those envelopes. But over time, I figured, well, I don't have to do that. I let that thing slip. You know, day after day, it gets kind of tedious every time you get paid, go get that check, break everything down to cash to the right amount of fives and tens and fifties or whatever, you know, dollar amount you need to break it down in order to put it into these different envelopes successfully. It became tedious. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to mentally budget. You know, if I spend some money, I'll just kind of notate it. I'll write down or I keep my receipts. And it became more of a mental note to remember what's in my bank account at any given point. Of course, it came about working and working and I go to spend some money and my card doesn't work. Or I go to get money out of my account. And my account is down to like $42. Wait a minute. From everything that I've gotten paid? Well, yeah, the bank shows the statement on everything I use the card on everything. Every time I withdrew cash in between paydays and my expenses or dare I say my expenditures, what I spent money on was exceeding how much money I was earning. And it turned out the bill, the responsibilities that I had were becoming overdue. So not only was I spending more money than I was making, but I was spending money without taking care first of my responsibilities. And then it came a point for a couple of weeks, because at that time at that job, we were only getting paid every two weeks. So it came a point where I was working those two weeks, basically, and had no money to spend in the meantime and knew that when I do get that check, that $500 check or a $600 check working in Sears warehouse or whatever, all of those nights going to work second shift coming home one, two o'clock in the morning, all of those days waking up, eating cereal, going back into the warehouse, knowing a week and a half from now, a week from now, three days from now, tomorrow, when I get my check, I can't even spend it. I can't even put the money that I want to put in the savings for myself in that envelope. I can't even put the money that I want to put in my my vacation fund envelope. I, I, I can't even put the money that I want to put into that thing that I wanted to buy or this responsibility. All the money gets saved to go, of course, 10%. I knew at that time we were t- we were we learned how to give to our church. We were taught to give tithes. I learn more as I grow more and know that we don't have to limit ourselves to 10%. We give God, we give to the church, give our God more than that. But I did know to set some money aside first. So I still did that, but I knew the rest of that check had to go toward that bill or that utility or that bill or whatever that responsibility was, was going to get taken away or cut off. That cloud, that type of a cloud. Some young people these days don't understand that kind of debt. 
some of us deal with kind of clouds where, you know, you've been out doing bad things. You're creating your own mist and your own cloud. Of course, you're always going to be looking over your shoulder. Of course, you're always going to have that feeling. Something's going to go bad soon. Soon, I'm going to have to face the music. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, thinking about my story. It's not too different, is it? Some clouds we create from the mist and the gases and things that we generate ourselves. Those clouds, those self-generated clouds, those clouds that we create, we got to face that music. It's not joyful. It's not fun. So I'm speaking candidly and giving some personal testimonies right now. Working a job, you know you have responsibilities. Put money aside. Put something on the bill. Don't be broke. Take care of your responsibilities, but don't be broke. Budget better. And some of us, we just need that thousand dollar reset money. You know, some people just need that twenty thousand dollar reset money, you know, and it'll pay all of that stuff that was late and basically bring you up to zero and start you back from scratch. Right. Some of us think that I think that I used to play this video game. Well, not video game, this computer game called The Sims. I think I had The Sims one, two. I think I had three from there. They kept doing more expansion packs and taking it to a whole nother level. And it it became more like playing dolls, you know, in a digital fashion. But I kind of like the fact with Sims, you start the family out basically with $20,000 and you can create the family, make it as big or as small as you want it to be. And the more I created families and the more I worked with the families that were pre-generated in the game, I learned that these families need certain things in order to get started and in order to progress. Some families were very successful that I, that were already in the game because, of course, they were pre-generated. I just had to keep them alive, you know, make sure that they eat, make sure that they go to their job, make sure that they enjoy different things in the home, make sure that they bathe and make sure that they sleep at night, make sure that they're entertained and, you know, little things like that. I didn't go too far, just kind of wanted to figure out how to work the game. But when I did start some of my families, I tended to start some families similar to what I'm used to, you know, like with a mom and, and a bunch of kids or a bunch of children. And I started a couple with that were just, you know, a couple families that were just like mom and dad and a kid or just mom and dad or just like brother and sister or roommates or something like that. And I would just kind of make it up what they are. And I know many of you out there who play this type of games are familiar. But anyway, what I'm referencing is every family got a chance to start off with 20 thousand dollars now of course the twenty thousand dollars you can either buy one of the houses that were already in the game or you can buy a plot of land and you can use that money to then build a house and put in essentials to get the family started of course over time as they you know you get them a job and they start working and they're making more money when you know as they're making money now you can upgrade the furniture you can upgrade the floors you can upgrade the lighting and it makes their dispositions better that is That game is built suited to mirror or reflect the lives that we live. The only difference is we all don't get that kickstart $20,000 when we start a family. Some of us need just that 
break, but we don't get that break. That's a cloud. Your debt can be a cloud. And it's swallowing. It's difficult to make it through thinking about your debt. And some of us have college, university debt, technical school debt. Trying to further your career to take care of yourself, your your girlfriend or your family or your mom or your dad. And you incur debt, things that you have to take care of. That's a cloud. It can be a cloud. Knowing that you have to have that conversation with that someone that you really don't want to have that conversation with. That can be a cloud, too. But, you know, you got to say what you got to say. Some people don't have the problems that. You know, people like me have kind of a loner, more of an introvert. You don't like confrontation. You may beat around the bush or you may explain your answer in a different way instead of being direct, trying to spare people's feelings. You know, that kind of person. But thank God, somewhere inside, there's always the right moment when no matter what your personality type, no matter what your preference may be, There's always a time to speak candid. There's always a time to be bold. Out of all of these clouds and others, I'm pretty sure as you're thinking of some right now, I know I am. The biggest cloud I've encountered in my life, and I thank. I thank God for the answer. One of the biggest clouds or actually the biggest cloud I've ever dealt with in my life. Is knowing about Christ and what he said about the end times, knowing that Christ said, I'm coming back, knowing the writings that are in Revelations, where it says as God's punishment and and wrath is pouring down on the world. He has already secured the saints. The believers, he's already secured them because he's not going to pour his anger out on his children. He's pouring his anger out on the world who rejected him. And in Revelations, it says that they ran into the mountains, into the hills. They ran in places and tried to hid themselves. And the scriptures, every time it referenced someone running from God's wrath, when he opened up the seals or those things that are going, going to happen. The scripture notates they did not repent. They still did not repent. The biggest cloud for me, the biggest cloud for mankind, not coming to repentance. The biggest cloud I've encountered in my life is not saying, God, forgive me. The biggest cloud I've encountered in my life that I cannot allow to be overhead is knowing that I said something. And that it was a lie and I got to fix it. Knowing that I cussed in my heart and I got to say, Lord, I didn't mean to say, you know, I didn't mean to say that. I know I'm human, but I'm trying to be more Christ like help me with this. Cleanse me from this vain words that's in my head. And I shouldn't have this attitude toward any of your children. Because I learned a little bit about God, a little bit about Christ to know that's not the right behavior. That's not behavior that he smiles at. And I have to clear that cloud up. David cleared that cloud up. 
after he slept with Bathsheba, another man's wife, and then threw that man in front of the battle and knew that that man was going to get killed. The prophet Nathan came to him and basically exposed all his business in a parable. And David said, that man should be killed. The prophet Nathan said, well, that man is you. David repented right there. He couldn't have that cloud. He did. He didn't realize. Maybe he didn't see that that cloud that he it was. The prophet was talking about him. If you find yourself right now, a cloud is over your head that maybe you didn't even realize was there. Maybe you need to go and apologize to somebody. Maybe you've got to let go of this grudge that you've been holding on to. Maybe you need to go visit that person in prison that's been on your mind. Maybe you need to tell brother, sis, brother, sister, so-and-so and, and auntie whatnot that you're sorry about something or say, hey, look, I forgive you. You asked me for forgiveness. I didn't say anything. I forgive you. I got to let that go. Maybe it's not someone you got to talk to. Maybe it is a bill. Maybe it is some debt. Maybe it is a financial woe or financial issue you got to take care of. The Bible says any man who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask him. God will give you the wisdom. If you don't have the finances yet, he'll give you the wisdom on how to deal with your situation and how to get out of that debt. And again, I can't think of every situation. But right now, the most important one if you know you have not repented and said, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done and I need to turn from this. There's no better time than the present. Lord, I'm sorry. I believe you are God. I believe you are the Christ. I'm not going back into the sin. I don't want to. I hate where I've been and what I've been doing. And I want to live a life that pleases you that makes you happy. Teach me. Teach me how to do that. I believe he'll save you. So this is Tales and Tunes with TJ just speaking candid. Until next time.